Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. These people need to know who the hell's in charge here. What the rules are. Hello and welcome to episode 175 of Walkers and Talkers. I'm David Brody from Elvis and The Morning Show. And my co-host, Jamie, from Light FM, still not here. See, Jamie, broadcasting from home like I am, was supposed to buy a microphone and an adapter to plug into her iPad. Another reason I hate Apple products, they don't have a lot of inputs. So there's no USB input, and so she had to get an adapter. She ordered the adapter, and they sent her the wrong kind of adapter. So she sent it back, and she will hopefully have it next week. Uh, we'll see how the mail is uh, is working out in her favor, uh, or if it's not working out in her favor, in which case you'll hear me on the next episode by myself. But she did buy a nice microphone, and it's uh, actually uh, a little nicer than the one I have, so I have to say I'm a little bit jealous. Anyway, let's get right to it. I'll have to, I'll have to be your guide for the week by myself again. I hope that's okay, and I hope you will help me shut this shit down at the end like you guys have been doing. All right, let's talk a little uh, The Walking Dead Universe news. First and foremost... I'm going to talk about the hooded guy in the iron, the hooded, hooded person in the iron mask with the Kamas weapons, K-A-M-A-S, uh, later on when we get to that part of the review of the episode. But I just want to dispel a ridiculous rumor. Now, everyone is saying, well, not everyone, but a lot of people online are saying, it's got to be Dwayne. It's got to be Dwayne. Morgan's uh, kid Dwayne that allegedly died somewhere between seasons one and three. And uh, because his wife, who he couldn't put down as a walker, killed him. And that's why Lenny James lost his mind uh, for a period of time. So, here's why it's not Dwayne. It was 10 years ago, and Dwayne was in Atlanta, and 
the show takes place now in Virginia. There's no way he would know 10 years later to go look in Alexandria, Virginia. Certainly wouldn't know to go to that part of the woods. And he doesn't know Alden, and he doesn't know Aaron, so he wouldn't know to save them. He'd have no clue what he was doing there. So unless he showed up on fear, which is roughly three or four years into the apocalypse, let's say, went to Texas, and Lenny James told him, you know, Morgan told him, oh, you got to go back to Alexandria. It makes no sense. This is one of those theories from people who watch the show stoned or drunk or while they're playing video games, and, and they tweet things, and you know, what are you talking about? Are you and I not watching the same program? So no, it's not Dwayne. And if you thought it was Dwayne, I apologize, but it's not Dwayne. So I don't mean to offend you. If you're like, oh, it's, it's his son, Dwayne. It's not his son, Dwayne. Okay, speaking of Fear the Walking Dead, the trailer for season six came out. And although the show is delayed, we don't know when it's coming out, the trailer looks really good. Now, I hope the show, both halves of the season, are as good as the trailer looks. It's very dark, and it makes it look like the entire season is a horror movie. And then at some point, you see Morgan with bloodshot eyes. Now, walkers don't have bloodshot eyes. Again, people are looking at that scene saying, oh, he's dead. He's not dead. They're not killing him off. He's too important of a character. And as as my theory goes, Sherry saves him. So we'll see how that plays out in maybe six months. By the way, I hope everyone is staying safe, as uh, safe as possible, uh, during this uh, global pandemic. I hope if you're going out, you're covering your face and your hands. I know the benefits of both. You don't need to tweet me. Um, and I hope you're staying home as much as possible. And while you are home, AMC is doing something really cool. They are giving free AMC uh, for a limited period of time. And uh, you get to watch the first half of season 10 free or watch it again if you haven't seen it. They released some great publicity videos featuring AMC cast members from all of their shows, including The Walking Dead, Fear the Walking Dead, and the new show, The Walking Dead World Beyond. There's going to be a lot of other shows for free on its website. Um, So uh, make sure you check that out, especially if you don't have television and you're dying for something to watch. What city... So, uh, in this episode and last episode, in the comics, the members of the uh, survivors go to Pittsburgh, which is definitely out of the way if in the, co- in the TV show they're going to Alexandria, uh, I'm sorry, from Alexandria to Charleston, West Virginia. So, although the skyline is digitized in the background and looks sort of like Pittsburgh, Angela Kang, showrunner, says, nope, it's not supposed to be Pittsburgh. We took a different path. The comic book destinations we were mapping out uh, the whole thing, and we're like, wait a minute, Pittsburgh feels a little bit out of the way. Also, there was a request from Scott M. Gimple, who runs the Walking Dead universe now, who said you should avoid the area. As you know, if you've seen the trailer, the new Rick movies take place in Philadelphia, only 350 miles away from Pittsburgh. So it's possible he may make an escape, or there may be scenes filmed in Pittsburgh uh, of people on their way to Philadelphia, or part of the plot So she was told, stay the hell away from Pittsburgh. Comicbook.com said, have you revealed what city it is? What skyline was that? And she said, actually, I'm not sure. It's a digital skyline. So as far as she's concerned, it's just buildings. It doesn't matter. But the gang of four is going to meet Stephanie, radio lady, uh, at a train yard in Charleston. Angela Kang says, uh, season 11 being written now, almost completed, will show uh, Western and thriller elements with a basis in the Commonwealth story that puts the focus on a rural, less Walker-filled wooded area environment. 
So maybe a lot of the cast members will go to the Commonwealth uh, and it's more like a city. So that'll be a, a nice change of, of look. Also, Angela Kang said, the door for Denai Guerrera, Michonne, coming back to the show is always open. I think we've got to live in a world where the characters live. I think they do have hope that maybe she can come back. Um, and obviously, for the sake of the universe, she is, that's not really my realm. Meaning, I'd love her to come back, but Scott decides that. When asked, Scott Gimple said um, she might be appearing in a spin-off series before joining Andrew Lincoln in the Walking Dead feature films. So, maybe she ends up in World Beyond. How cool would that be? Or um, a web series? Or a one or two episode offshoot? We don't know, but that's breaking news. Look for Michonne to pop up on a TV show or a non-movie somewhere in the Walking Dead universe. Online survey on Reddit, which Walking Dead character was voted most likely to die in the season 10 finale? Who do you think it is? I'll tell you who I think it is in a minute. Most people voted for, with 793 votes out of 1,600 votes, Father Gabriel. Alden was second. Aaron was, I think, third. I don't think Alden and Aaron are dying. Uh, I definitely don't think Aaron is dying. And uh, thanks to Trailer Guy, well, we'll get to that. I personally think it's Diane. In the comics, I keep talking about an event that happens, and I don't want to mention it. But I think I can mention it now, so I'm going to give you a spoiler for the comics. In the comics, uh, what took place right before Beta's Horde arrived at the hospital, actually it happened right before the Horde was on its way to Alexandria, where in the comics they hadn't left. They were still there. Father Gabriel is on the top of a water tower, like the one outside Alexandria. He's lookout, which I hinted at last episode of the one before, that with a bad eye, he probably wouldn't make a good lookout. He sees the massive horde coming with Beta, and he goes to run down the ladder, and he slips, and he falls forward, and his leg gets caught, and he breaks his leg and ankle really badly, and he's screaming in pain. And of course, he's very close to the bottom of the ladder, and Beta comes out of the horde, cuts his abdomen open, and says, you should have whispered. And as he's screaming in pain, the walkers come and completely devour Father Gabriel. Now, this was a visual from, I believe, season eight with Rick and the, uh, the garbage pail community uh, when they were uh, back on Rick's side and they were going to the sanctuary, but the uh, saviors had already escaped. And there was a guy hanging upside down with his guts ripped out on the ladder. Some people thought that was foreshadowing. It's possible now that they put that there and then decided not to do that particular death in the TV show. And again, I thought when the episode was called The Tower that it was called that because someone was going to die climbing down from the tower. At some point in the episode, Diane, this week, was and we'll get to it, was told to go on lookout. It's her turn. But then in the trailer for next week, thanks trailer guy, we see her bump into Father Gabriel. So she's not in a tower. Now they keep referring to the hospital they're in as a tower, but I think that's kind of lame because they're in a hospital. It's like two floors, maybe three. It's not really a tower. So maybe they use that title to throw us off or because someone's going to die similarly, but maybe hanging out a window or falling from the top of the tower and they cut them open? Well, we'll see. So I don't know who it's going to be, if it's going to be anybody. Um, but again, uh, I, I don't think it's going to be Father Gabriel, but that's who it was in the comics. Okay. Um, all right, well, let's uh, 
let's talk about the episode. There's a lot to talk about. Episode 15 called The Tower, and uh, we'll get to that right after this. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Okay. There's a lot to go over here. A lot of people had a lot of questions about the episode. I will do my best to cover all of them. Let's start with the episode beginning. Yumiko, Eugene, and Ezekiel, the trio, are in the alley talking to Princess, where we left off from last week. They are acting very suspicious of her, and she says, the first people I meet in a year, and you're a bunch of meanies. So she's adorable. King Ezekiel says, we thought maybe you were attacking us. And she says, with my gun pointed this way, with the dangerous part over here, she said, now if I was attacking you, I'd point the dangerous part of the gun this way. And Ezekiel says, whoa, whoa, we were just admiring your displays. You know, the dioramas with the uh, the walkers dressed up in certain positions. She says, oh, oh, yeah, my the rotters. Now, she calls them rotters. The only other people that called them rotters were Dawn and the cops from Grady Memorial. I'm going to mention Grady Memorial in a minute. So remember that that was already one reference to that season and that episode or episode. She said, yeah, I put them up for decorations to make this place a little more bearable. She says she's been on her own for a year and it totally sucks. She says her name is Juanita Sanchez, but she never liked that name and you can call me Princess. Eugene asks why Princess and she says, because Queen makes me sound obnoxious, old and pretentious, which is hilarious because then King Ezekiel walks up and says, it's a pleasure to meet you, Princess. I'm, uh, and he pauses and says, Ezekiel, because he clearly can't say he's King Ezekiel because she just said that Queen would sound pretentious. That was hilarious. She says, let me show you around. Like, uh, I've got plenty of space to put my feet up and uh, you can dye your hair. I have a place for you to swim. And Eugene says, we're on a very important mission. It's another one of his important missions. And she offers to help them to the city. Yumiko says, we don't know you. And she says, of course you do. I'm princess. I'm great. You'll see. Oh my God, she's so adorable. Then a bunch of walkers come down the street, which is odd since earlier she said there weren't any rotters around so I'm calling Rotter bullshit. 
There's none around, yet immediately a bunch of them walk up the alleyway where they're talking. Granted, they're making noise, but there aren't any, and then there are some. Rotter bullshit. So, Princess says, watch how helpful I can be. Yumiko tries to stop her from shooting the walkers, but she shoots them all with her automatic weapon, wasting bullets, and of course scaring off the horses who run away. Yumiko is pissed, Eugene looks horrified, and she says, damn, sorry about that. Okay, that was all before the credits. They stop at a hospital to get supplies, and uh, they're talking about Princess. They realize they have to get to the meeting as soon as possible, because the window to meet Stephanie is closing, especially without the horses. Ezekiel asks if they should take Princess. Yumiko says, absolutely not. Anyone alone that long is probably selfish and crazy, and she's clearly both. Eugene says she may be crazy, but she might be able to help us. I vote with everyone else, and they outvote Yumiko. They agree to let Princess join the group, and she says, if you need transportation, I have a whole garage that you can choose from. They tell her if she's going to come, they want her gun. She says, well, I barely know you guys either. I could probably take one of you, maybe two. But then he, meaning Eugene, would still be around to kill me. She said she doesn't have a death wish, so she hands over the gun. Imagine that, how little she knows about these people. She thinks Eugene's the guy to worry about. Beta and his horde walk right into an empty Alexandria. They're all gone, and Beta says, Where are they? The survivors are in an old abandoned hospital. If you look closely, it's the Grady Memorial Hospital from Season 5 with the cops who call the dead rotters. So there's your second reference to Grady Memorial. It's the same building. Lots of websites have side-by-side pictures up. I think comicbook.com did. So check that out if you're interested. Lydia is sitting by herself. Negan's walking around like he wants to talk to her, but he decides not to at that point. People make a mention of the fact that there's cats everywhere and that someone is in charge of chasing them away. That is your first reference to cats. That's very important because it'll come up later in the show and you'll wonder, what was the meaning of that? I will explain. Father Gabriel tells Diane it's her turn to, to, uh, to watch, and that's when I said, oh, she could be dying. Luke is working on some project with his girlfriend from Oceanside. I think that's his girlfriend from Oceanside. And uh, he stands up and says he needs someone to go on a run. He needs something, and Carol agrees to go. Daryl's out in the woods patrolling the uh, perimeter. He's trying to talk to Michelle on the walkie. He says to Michonne that the, uh, these guys going from place to place reminds him of the old days. Scraping by. This is actually what it was like in the first couple of seasons, if you remember. They had no place to live. No place to go, and they had to go wherever they could find a place. Uh, back at Alexandria, Beta and Three Whispers are on top of the well. They're on top of the windmill platform, looking down on the massive horde, which is now everywhere in Alexandria. They talk about where they might be, and Beta says, "Ocean," which of course must mean Oceanside, because he's he just grunts when he talks. Alden and Aaron are in the windmill right behind him. Alden peeks out from the opening. Beta turns around and almost sees him, but he doesn't. Beta tells his men to prepare the Guardians and walk. But at this point, we don't know if they saw Alden or not. We later find out they do not. Uh, Judah tells Lydia she's sorry about her mom. Lydia says she doesn't need to worry or be sorry, and that she doesn't miss her mom. Not everyone gets to have a mom like yours, which was just sad. Judith walks away. Later, we see Judith killing a walker in the woods, conveniently near Daryl. He sees her and says he wants her to go back and she doesn't want to go. She says, it smells like cat pee there. Another reference to cats. Anyway, she totally has Daryl wrapped around her finger. 
because he says it's dangerous and then says, oh, okay, fine. You can stay with me as long as you do whatever I tell you. Now, if it's that dangerous, why would you want her there? I mean, I know she fights well for a kid, but come on now. Beta stops in front of the pack and starts doubting what he's doing and where he's going. Here it is. Another whisperer says the pack believes in him and will follow him if because he is the alpha. He turns to her like he's pissed off because we already know what happened to the last guy who called him Alpha. And the Whisperer says, I mean, Beta. Sorry, Beta. Beta takes out his knife like he's going to kill her. He doesn't. And it looks like he hears voices and then continues on towards Oceanside. We will see that female Whisperer later on. Aaron and Alden are on a platform. They are watching the herd walk away. They said, just like we thought, they're headed to Oceanside. Now we catch up with the foursome with uh, Princess now. They're in a wooded area and Princess says, stay with me and watch your step. Ezekiel says he's starting to wonder if Yumiko was right about her and Yumiko says, oh, oh, I am. They found one of the horses, the uh, light brown one, dead and half gone. And Yumiko says, did walkers eat her? And Princess says, it, it probably walked on one of the mines. Ezekiel says, are you saying you brought us into a minefield? And she says, yes, but it's a small one. And Yumiko says, what is wrong with you? Why would you keep that from us? Princess says, I just need a minute to remember where I left off because she was counting her footsteps. She promises she'll get them out of there. And Yumiko says, if you don't, I will kill you myself. She throws her canteen and it explodes. And then she says, does anyone have an extra canteen? Also hilarious. Cut to Carol and Kelly. They are taking parts from a car because that's what Luke needed for his project. Carol apologizes for Connie, and Kelly says she's not dead, she's tough, she can survive anything. She says to Carol, I understand why you did it, all of it. Carol says, it doesn't mean I, you should have to. And Kelly says, we've all heard stories about you from the old days. You go off by yourself, you do things that no one else can do, you're a lone wolf. That's who you are, and you can't stop being you. You are who you are, and you can't stop that just because bad things happen. I thought that was pretty cool that she uh, forgave Carol. And uh, I wouldn't have if my sister was trapped in a mine shaft because of someone else. But I'm not, uh, I'm not Kelly. Anyway, Negan goes to talk to Lydia. He says, maybe it's the craziness of what's going on. All of us moving to an abandoned tower. Or whether or not you are just avoiding me. Again, he refers to it as a tower. It's a hospital. I don't know why they keep calling it a tower. Lydia says, I'm not avoiding you. You want me to lie and make you feel better? And Negan says, I just want you to know I liked your mom. She did some crazy shit there's no excuse for, but I liked a lot of things about her, and I wish to God I didn't have to do what I did. But if there's something you want to say to me, you should say it. So Negan actually liked that dirty, poop-in-the-woods nut job. I mean, I guess there's some leadership qualities in the bald head thing he was into, but still, she's insane. And again, you know, so's Negan. Uh, oh, gross. Uh, by the way, there's a great video on comicbook.com. I think the title is A Hilarious Video That Ruins Rick's Life. They use a scene, I think, from season seven or eight. Maybe it's eight. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Don't tweet me. Of him looking through the scope of a rifle, and they show you the scope, and what he's looking at is, uh, is Negan and Alpha naked together. Then he takes his eye away from the gun and just looks nauseous. It's a very funny edit. Lydia says to Negan, most of us thought she should die too. Back to the foursome. 
Princess does Eeny Meeny Miny Mo, which I don't think we've seen since Negan did it in the lineup in season six and seven. She takes five steps and keeps walking. She says they should be good from there on out, and they follow her. Yumiko asks Princess what she's up to, and then Yuji notices they're on the same street they were on before and that she's leading them around in a circle. So Yumiko pulls a bow and arrow out and says she's going to kill her unless she says what she's up to. Princess says, I admit it. I took the scenic route, but I thought I could get you to the garage and spend some time with you. We were having fun and we could be friends, but I screwed that up. I've been alone a long time, but I was alone before the apocalypse, and someone once told me I'm difficult to love. Oh my God, my heart was breaking. Did, was your heart breaking at this point? So sad. Jamie would be crying, and right now I would play Jamie's crying, but Jamie isn't here. I don't have the audio. Anyway, she says, I know I should have told you the truth, but I didn't want that voice to be right. In other words, that she's difficult to love. I am sorry. The three of them now look miserable, and Eugene says, I know how you feel. He walks over and he puts his hand on her shoulder. He says he made poor decisions and lied to folks before because the alternative meant being left alone and nobody wants that. If you remember, which I'm sure you do, Eugene lied about having the cure for the virus in The Walking Dead and they needed to get to D.C. right away until, you, until Abraham found out and he punched him in the face. So these two have a lot in common. Good thing Eugene was on this trip. Because Daryl would have put a bolt in her head. Now, Eugene says, just to clarify, you do have access to those wheels, right? All right, well, we'll find out what that means. And we'll finish the recap and then talk about Talking Dead. And the most unbelievable trailer for the finale right after this. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Okay. Daryl and Judith are in the woods. He tells her how to be a hunter and what to look for. He's like, look at that. Look for this. Look for things out of place. Five walkers approach. One of them's a whisperer, which I guess Daryl spotted right away, and shoots it in the shoulder, and she runs off. It's the one from before who uh, upset Beta by calling him Alpha. 
Daryl and Judith catch up to the Whisperer, who's laying on the ground with the arrow in her shoulder. She pulls out a knife and says, please get this arrow out of me. I can't die like this. It's not natural. I don't know what that means. I guess it's another weird Whisperer culture thing. Daryl tells her to throw the knife away, and she does. He asks her where her people are, and she says, a few miles east, headed to the ocean with the Horde. She was a scout, and I was going off on my own. She, I love these people, but Beta has lost it. He won't stop coming until he gets his revenge because you took too much when you killed Alpha. And Daryl says, does Beta know where our people are? And she hesitates. Daryl says, does Beta know where our people are? She says, I don't think so. And he asks her again, and she doesn't answer fast enough, so he shoots a bolt from his crossbow right in her head. Judith is looking at the whole thing and says, you didn't have to do that. And Daryl says, she was going to die anyway. Just made it quicker, because... That's Daryl in a nutshell. Certainly not who Judith is yet. Judith says to Daryl, We're just going to leave her? Maybe she has a family. Daryl says, We're only a few miles away. Maybe we can spot something from the top of the tower. Completely ignores her. Like, yeah, we're not going to bury her. Beta keeps whispering that they are watching. Remember, he may not be a tracker like Daryl, but he's been living in the woods and he knows signs of movement. He sees a broken branch along the path, and then he sees a cat run by, and he keeps whispering how he knows they're watching. Remember the cat? He knows if he follows the cat, it might lead back to people or someone who might be watching them. A walker turns and looks at him because he hears Beta whispering, and Beta looks at him like the walker was talking to him. He is losing his mind, as I said before. Aaron and Alden are walking along up higher up in the woods, following the horde, and Alden says he thinks the plan is going to work. What they don't realize is Beta knows they are there. But I'm calling Beta bullshit. I'm calling seven-twelfths bullshit. Because even if Beta knew they were being watched, he had no way of knowing in which direction they were being watched from or how many people were watching. So uh, I'm calling bullshit. Aaron and Alden notice the horde is turning directions. They try to uh, warn people on the walkie, but they're out of range. So they decide to turn back. As soon as they do, they are suddenly surrounded by whispers at knife point and at gunpoint. By the way, none of them were close in any direction a second ago, and now they're surrounded. If you're worrying what's going to happen to them, we don't see them again this episode. But thank you, trailer guy. When I talk about the trailer, you'll know what happened to them. Negan tells Lydia to hit him, and that will make her feel better. Just trust me on this. You need to mourn. If you beat me up, uh, you'll feel better. This was still your mom. You only get one. You should hit me. She starts yelling at him, saying he only killed her so he would look like a hero. He only cares about himself. Why would he say he liked Alpha when she hated Alpha? Which, I guess she's right. Why, why would you say you liked her when she's saying, I didn't like her. She was terrible. She starts crying and hitting Negan and then ends up hugging Negan, which means uh, he was right all along and got her to open up and vent as he knew she needed to do. Good job, Negan, you crazy bastard. Princess takes the group to a garage, opens up the gate, and it's full of bicycles, which is not exactly what she hinted at. She said, I said wheels. And Ezekiel says, well, she came through. Bike riding is certainly faster than walking. Yumiko walks over to Princess to see if she wants to join them, like she's accepting a princess. Princess apologizes for everything and hugs Yumiko and thanks her. She asks if they have enough time to go to her stash and get her stuff, 
And everyone looks at her like, come on. And she's like, well, I got a cool spear and some candy. And when Eugene hears candy, he freezes. Hilarious. Uh, Daryl and Judith back in the woods. Judith is still upset they left that woman in a ditch. What if you were lost and people couldn't find you? Like RJ or you or mom. She's clearly thinking about Rick and how Michonne went to go find him. But she isn't going to say that to Daryl. In a fantastic scene, Judith tells Daryl she talked to Michonne after the fire at Hilltop and said she might not come home. She said she went to help some people she met who needed her. I didn't want to tell you because maybe you'd leave too. Clearly, she doesn't want to tell Daryl the truth about Rick as part of this story because she's worried that Daryl, who was his best friend, will leave immediately to go find him. Remember, Daryl was walking in the woods for years because he thought Rick was still alive. Daryl says, I could never lie to you and I would never leave you. He says there's a whole lot of people back there who would do anything for you and when you get older, you'll have to do anything for them. You have a whole lot of family here. Nothing can take the place of someone you love being gone, but that doesn't mean that everything that follows is going to break your heart. Judith starts crying and she hugs her Uncle Daryl. Uh, again, another opportunity for Jamie to be crying. Gabriel calls on the walkie. Perfect timing once their emotional conversation is over. It's breaking up, of course, because just like cars breaking down or being a tree in the road, the walkie-talkie breaks up and he says, Daryl needs to come back. They're, they're surrounded. Something, and it breaks up. Now, at that point, I'm not going to lie, I genuinely thought that uh, Father Gabriel was up on the tower and he fell the way I described to you earlier. Um, cut to Beta and the Horde outside the hospital. Um, again, at this point, no one was up in the tower because they're already there. Unless there's a flashback that they're going to show. Um, but again, we've already seen Diane in the building, so I don't think that she was there in the tower. And would there be another tower? I don't know. They clearly uh, followed the cats back because the cats were going there for the food. Um, so, that's how it ends. The finale will happen whenever it happens. But fortunately for us, as always the case, some survivors are not in the area. Carol and Kelly are outside. Daryl and Judith are outside. And of course, the uh, four people who are looking for the Commonwealth. Um, in a photo released of the finale, Daryl is among the walkers, covered in guts, wearing a, a poncho, a raincoat or something. He infiltrates them, trying to get to Beta. Kelly has already set up the fact that Carol does something incredible. Plus, we know Maggie's going to show up, which we'll talk about in the next trailer. And maybe she'll bring some Commonwealth help with her. Okay, let's talk about the trailer for the finale. All of the survivors try the guts trick and put on raincoats with hoods covered in walker guts. Judith is locked in a room to stay safe. Not sure how she will get out if they don't make it. Lots of red shirts in this clip. People we don't know, who we know are probably going to die. The Commonwealth foursome don't get to their meeting on time. The horde of walkers goes in the building and walks right past Luke, and I think that's his girlfriend, uh, and Daryl, as if they don't see them. Aaron is killing whispers in the woods, so now we know he found a way to fight back. Um, and we don't see Alden in this trailer, but we are going to see Alden in the other trailer. Thanks, trailer guy. On Talking Dead, you've got Josh McDermott, Kari Payton, and Paula Lazaro, who of course played Princess. And they pointed out that the princess met the original Tiger King, which I thought was hilarious. You're uh, Ezekiel as the uh, Tiger King. When King Ezekiel said we would go look for the horses tomorrow, Eugene said, I hate to be a naysayer. Uh, and uh, 
Chris Hardwick thought that was a fantastic pun, which it was. Uh, Kari Payton was asked about his goodbye scene with Cooper Andrews. Remember last week, he hugged Jerry and said goodbye. It was very emotional because you didn't know if he was going to come back because of the tumor in his neck or not. He started like choking up as he was talking about it. But what a gift it's been to work with Cooper Andrews and that people are talking to him like it's the final goodbye. So I'm thinking, did he accidentally slip? Is Jerry going to die in the finale? He better not. Now, the other option is, for some reason, Ezekiel doesn't return from his trip to the Commonwealth. That's also possible, and maybe he doesn't know yet. Maybe he's only saying that because he doesn't know what is going to happen to his character, you know, at the beginning of next season before he returns to Alexandria. I'm hoping that's it because he really got emotional like he knows Jerry's dead and he's not going to work with Cooper anymore. I hope that's not the case. By the way, I tweeted how great the uh, trailer for the finale is, which I'll break down in a minute. And Cooper Andrews liked my tweet. So shout out, Coop. If you remember, we had Cooper on the show. He's my buddy. Not really, but he did hug me at uh, the Walker Stalker convention. So I suppose that counts for something. Okay, let's talk about the incredible trailer for the finale whenever we get it. Father Gabriel runs into Diane. Uh, so clearly she didn't die in the tower, at least not yet. Father Gabriel gives an incredible speech to two little kids. About five fingers make a fist. He shows them the, the hand and says, these four fingers are Alexandria, the hilltop, kingdom, Oceanside. And she says, what about the... Uh... Oh, and he says, the others. And together they make a fist. And the kid asks, well, who are the others? And Father Gabriel says, those who aren't here and those who are going to help. So obviously he means Daryl, Carol, Kelly, Judith, Eugene, Yumiko, Ezekiel. He doesn't know about Princess yet. Whoever they may bring to help. You know, who knows? Connie may find her way out of the uh, cave and somehow figure out that they're at the hospital. Although I don't think so. Then they show Maggie. Um, Maggie is reading the letter that Carol wrote to Maggie. Uh, remember Alpha said you wrote that letter to Maggie? So, the letter says... Now, this letter, by the way, was written before the season 10 premiere. She says, Maggie, you need to come back. Jesus is dead. So is Tara, Enid, my son. They were murdered by a group called the Whisperers. Have you heard of them? They wear the skins of the dead and move in herds, live with the dead. When you come across walkers, you need to watch hands for knives. Do not underestimate them. The rest of the letter is mostly uh, illegible. But Carol writes, Alpha slaughtered. Mark her border, uh, left 10 dead. Carol's letter goes on to mention Alpha threatening to overrun us with her walker herd. Um, so the letter was written after season nine, before season 10, when Carol came back from the boat, reunited with Daryl. Remember, Oceanside retrieved letters from Maggie, but Carol said there wasn't anything there, hasn't been for a while. Uh, in other words, there were no letters to report from Maggie. So for whatever reason, Maggie is not um, writing back. Okay. Um, continue on with the trailer. Virgil shows up at Oceanside. It looks like Oceanside already left, but maybe they haven't. So he's going to bring Oceanside to come help. And why he left the island or how he knew anything, I don't know. Maybe the walkie worked and he called someone. Um, I don't think Michonne left him an extra walkie, so we'll have to figure out how that happens. Daryl, Carol, and Judith and Kelly uh, unite and uh, plan inside of a building near the Horde. They pull a walker in and kill it. I guess they're also going to cover themselves in walker guts because we've already seen Daryl in the poncho. Aaron and Alden defeat the Whisperers, 
except for one in the background that's coming their way in the distance, and then some ninja-looking person in an iron mask twirling the uh, the uh, commas weapons. They're like hooked knives. Now, everybody wants to know who that is. Well, my only theory, and one of the more sensible theories online, is that it's Mercer. Mercer is the head of security for Commonwealth, and it's possible that Maggie um, went to Alexandria or Hilltop and then knew that the rendezvous point was the hospital and sent her people to go help. Now, how this guy would know to go follow the herd and uh, or the horde and uh, find Alden and Aaron, I have no idea. My guess is when we come back in the finale, which, by the way, thanks, trailer guy, because now we know that Alden and Aaron escape being surrounded by the Whisperers which would have been a nice cliffhanger. But how does this person find them? Anyway, I'm assuming when the episode starts or at some point at the beginning of the next episode, he'll throw the knife at Aaron. You'll think he's a bad guy, but it'll go past Aaron's head and kill the Whisperer coming up from behind them. It's an old trope, which is redundant, but I have a feeling that's what's going to happen. So, oh my God, David Brody called it when that happens. So, I'm excited for the next episode, whenever that is. Hopefully, Jamie will be back. We'll do an episode next week for sure, just welcoming her back and updating you on the latest news, and then we'll see what happens. Again, stay safe, everybody. Stay home if you can, and keep listening to Walkers and Talkers. And if you're a fan of the Brooklyn Boys podcast, we'll have a new episode this weekend as well. So, you all know what time it is. It's time to shut this shit down. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. 